It's time for the word. Welcome back to It's Time for the Word Sunday edition. As you know, we are studying the book of John, the gospel according to John. We were covering last week, and the word became flesh. And we close at the portion where it begins, verse 19, where it begins the testimony of John the Baptist. So we're going to entitle this study, The Testimony of John the Baptist. We're going to be looking at verses 19 to 28. So let us get together in Time for the Word, Sunday edition. Let us read verse 19 to 22. And this is the testimony of John. So get your Bibles open and follow me as we read this powerful um, portion of Scripture where John declares his testimony. Verse 19 to 22. Now this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. They asked him, What then are you, Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you, that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? Now, this is the testimony of John. We have already learned John the Baptist came for a witness in verses 7 and 15. Now we learn what his testimony is regarding Jesus. So here we have him and we have a group of men that come to ask him questions and they ask him, who are you? In verse 19. We know that these men were when the Jews sent priests and Levites. So we have, it's interesting that they sent priests and Levites, these two groups were designated by God in the Old Testament to represent him before the people. They were in charge of the sacrifices, they were in charge of the sacraments, they were in charge of providing a way for the people to connect to God. So here we have a move of God, a man that doesn't fit their narrative, a man that looks completely opposite of what they themselves are that he's not wearing fancy robes he's not and he's not in castles he's not in a, in a beautiful place he's a man out in the desert speaking truth and the people are reacting to the teachings that he's giving they are following him they're leaving their homes they're leaving their cities just to go and connect with this man and be baptized so they're curious and they ask him are you Elijah, are you the prophet? So here, here, notice what he says. Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And, you know, they wanted to know, are you the Messiah? Are you the one that was prophesied to come? Are you the one? And then they follow by saying, then are you Elijah? Are you the prophet? Now, these two are, it's important to understand that the Levites and the Jews and the priests understood that there was prophecies concerning 
Elijah returned. In Malachi chapter 4, verse 5 and 6, we see that there is a promise of Elijah uh, who will, uh, will arrive and he will come before the day of the Lord. He will be present before the day of the Lord. But John uh, did not say that he was Elijah. He didn't say that he was the Messiah. He didn't say that he was the prophet. But in some respect, John was ministering in the office of the spirit of Elijah because he was going forward before the Lord and he was preparing the hearts of the people to receive the Lord. He was preparing the way. So here the other question, if you're not the Christ, if you're not the Elijah, then are you the prophet? In Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 15 through 19, God promised that another prophet will come in due time. Based on his passages, uh, based on that passage, they expected another prophet to come and wonder if John was he. They were wondering, is this the prophet that was prophesied by Moses, the, uh, a directive given to him by God, where Moses said, another one like myself will arrive, listen to him. Um, so they were wondering if he was that prophet that was to come. Notice that the prophet did not have a name. The prophet was mainly named in the office of the prophet. He was the prophet will come and he will be like me. Listen to him. And John clearly stated that he is not. He is neither the prophet. He is neither the, the, the Christ, he's neither Elijah, he is a, a, a man who is in the plan of God, a prophet who's in the plan of God, one that is was not did not arrive as they expected him to arrive because they were not they didn't understand that this person, this herald was coming into the world, and the word, the way that he was coming into the world was totally different than what they have expected from the prophet of the past. In verse 23 and to 28, John explained his identity to the religious leaders. You know, it's important. He explains to them who he is and the test and his office. What, who is he? Where does he come from? What is his mission? So here he says in verse 23 to 28, here, let us read. He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now those who were sent were from the Pharisees, and they asked him, saying, Why then do you baptize if you're not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them and saying, I baptize with water, but there stands one among you whom you do not know. It is he who uh, coming after me, it is he who coming after me is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to lose. These things were done in Bethabara, beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. Notice what he explains to the people, to the to the to those investigators that came from the Pharisees. They wanted to know what, what was this move of God about. There was definitely a move of God. 
but they wanted to identify it. They wanted to know what was happening. They were, they were in certain respect, jealous, envious of what the of of, of the attention that these men were receiving. We're going to see throughout the book of John how the jealousy and, and, and that this man had, uh, the Pharisees specifically and the Sadducees, were drove them to break their own law, to break the law of God, uh, committing crimes, committing uh, things that obviously went against what they knew was right in scripture so here in the in verse in the first verse he says i am the one i am the voice of one crying in the wilderness i am make straight the way of the lord as the prophet isaiah said now he says i am the voice of one crying in the wilderness he was quoting Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. John explained his work to the, to, and he said his work is to prepare the way of the Lord. His baptism was a baptism to prepare people, to cleanse them, to, to bring them into a state of repentance so that they would understand that someone greater was coming and that greater person was the Christ, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ, the Messiah Lord, was about to arrive. This is similar to when Moses will be calling and he will tell the people, get ready for the Lord will come among, will, will arrive among his people. And he will tell the people, sanctify yourself and get ready for the visit of the Lord. The church always needs to have a sense of expectation, a sense of a sense that God is among them, a sense of reverence. So here we have John the Baptist and he says the, that he is that voice that Isaiah spoke about in Isaiah chapter 40 verse 3 he says I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness he's he's crying out to the people he's calling them come into repentance get ready for the because the Messiah is among us and then they asked him a question why do you baptize if you're not the Christ the Pharisees were wondering why he was calling the people into repentance. Why are you calling the people into repentance if you're not the Messiah, if you're not the one that was expected to come? He already told them, I am the voice of one preparing the way of the Lord. I am, I am the herald. I am the one that goes forth. But they still want to know why is he baptizing? What, gifts, what authority does he have? They didn't understand that his baptism was a baptism of, of that he was commissioned by God, a, a baptism of repentance, a baptism of cleansing. But he said, I baptize with water. John's baptism demonstrated the willingness of the people to repent, to be cleansed from their sins because they were expecting the Messiah. John's baptism gave, gave nothing to help them to stay clean, but it was a, a symbol of a repentance a symbol of humility, a symbol that represented we are ready to receive the Messiah. See, the Jewish people in the days of John, they practiced baptism as a ceremonial washing. But only Gentiles who wanted to become Jews, they were, they were those proselytes, they, you know, they had to be completely submerged and they were identifying with the people of, of Judaism, with the Jews, when they did the sign of baptism. So it was a way to connect to become 
a Jew. So they're wondering, if we're already Jews, why do we have to baptize? If we're already chosen, why do we have to humble ourselves? What gives you this authority? He tells them in the following verse, there's then one among you who you do not know. It is he who's coming after me is preferred before me. In other words, the one that is coming is greater than I am. You think that I'm great? <laughs> I am nothing. I am nothing. And this move of God that is happening among you is powerful and mighty. And you know, I am not even worthy to untie his shoelaces. See, they thought that there was something big. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, they thought they saw themselves as great leaders, great spiritual guides. But here's a man dressed like a, like, like a caveman and hundreds of people are moving to him. Hundreds of people are cleansing themselves in the river. Hundreds of people are, have this sense of expectation. And they're saying, this man is great, even though they wouldn't want to admit him. But, but John says, I am not great. I am nothing. The one that is coming is before me. He is greater than me. And you want to know something? I'm not even worthy to be his slave. I'm not even worthy to be his servant. I'm not even worthy to wash his feet. He's saying, I'm not even worthy to wash his feet. I'm not worthy to untie his shoelaces. I'm nothing. That was difficult for them to understand since they love the attention of the people. They love to pray in public. They loved to be admired. They couldn't understand how a man with such power of convocation was able to say, I am nothing. I am just a voice. I am just a servant who's not even worthy to untie the shoelaces of the one who is to come that blew their minds and then it tells us exactly where these things happen it says these things were done in Bethabara beyond the Jordan see the interview took place at Bethany in the east bank of the Jordan at a spot called Bethabara the traditional place of the passes of the ark in the nation under Joshua. So here we have this place, place familiar to them in scripture. And here we have this great event happening. It is a location, it gives us a geographical location, and it tells us that it's happening on the other side of the Jordan. So this interview, this 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 investigation, this questioning is happening in a, right next to the his place of business, basically. Here we have John the baptizer being interviewed, being asked so many questions, being barraged by questions because of the jealousy of these men. So, now, this is what we're going to close in. I want, I want to continue. I want to continue. I have a desire to continue. But we're going to continue on our next Sunday, our next Time for the Word, we're going to go into the Lamb of God. We're going to be covering the Lamb of God. So, my dear friends, may God bless you. May you be encouraged by this word. And today, time for the word, Sunday edition. Remember, John the Baptist, he pointed out that the Messiah is among us. He is with you. He is with us. He is the Emmanuel. So, get ready. Hallelujah. The Messiah will return and pick up his church. God bless you. And in next Sunday edition, we will be covering Jesus. Hallelujah. The Lamb of God.